My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. Every year, we gather here together and begin the journey into Lent. Our service and our worship is focused on a singular theme, repentance. We heard it in all of the readings this evening. And Lent, as I said earlier, functions to put in mind of the congregation of the message of pardon and absolution set forth in the gospel of our Savior and of the need that all Christians continually have to renew our repentance and faith. Lent is where we renew our faith and where we get serious about repentance. Salvation, generally speaking, and I preached on this on Sunday, I can't remember this week or the week before, so I won't stay on this point, but salvation is largely focused on uh, as a one and done sort of thing, right? Like, I said the prayer, I had the water uh, poured on my head, and I'm good, I'm in, I'm in the club. I got my stamp, so if I ever leave, all I got to do is shine it and I can get back in. It's seen as something that we can never lose or something that cannot fall away. But the scriptures warn us, brothers and sisters, about the dangers of falling away. Indeed, the story of the children of Israel is an object lesson in those who received God's good gifts and God's grace largely falling away. One of the most pernicious tools that Satan has and that he uses is apathy. Is apathy. As we get older, sometimes we don't want to take the time to stop and pray. Sometimes we don't want to take the time to stop and reflect on what's going on in our own hearts. But Lent shakes us from that apathy. It doesn't give us the space to do it. In fact, it creates space for us to be confronted with what God is trying to heal in us. So with all that in mind, why fasting? As we heard read from the readings earlier, declare a fast, blow the trumpet. Why fasting? It's interesting how fasting is seen in much of the Christian tradition. And I think in many ways, some parts, I should say, not all, some parts of the Western church has suffered uh, from a lack of fasting or a lack of a proper understanding of the role of fasting. And when you compare sometimes some Western churches, the way we fast is fairly light when compared with the fast taken on by our Eastern Christian brothers and sisters. And, and I think some of this stems from uh, the Reformation and responses to the Reformation because fasting over the years became seen as something that we don't really need to do. It's works righteousness. God loves us, so we don't need to fast because fasting is sort of seen as, you know, trying to, you know, earn God's love. And, and of course, one of the great historical you know, figure, uh, one of the great historical events in, in, in Christian history is in uh, the city of, uh, I believe it was Zurich, where uh, a priest there named Ulrich Zwingli decided to allow his congregation to eat sausages during Lent and became one of the prime early figures in the Reformation. But I think that the East understands something about fasting that we, as heirs of the Reformation, uh, often, often miss. My friend, Dr. Gary Jenkins, wrote this in his most recent book, 
He said this, and I quote, This brings us to the importance of fasting. For fasting existed even prior to the fall. What does God say? Every tree of the garden you may eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Thus fasting is one of the first commands, not because, of the, not because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not good, for all God created was good, but because it was not meant for Adam at the moment of his creation. Adam had to realize he could not live by what he wanted to do, by what he desired, but instead by God's instruction, which alone would unite him to immortality. In this regard, when we fast during Lent, we are trying to return to paradise and back to the life that is ordered towards God. In short, we fast not as a form of self-flagellation, but as a means to reacquire through grace that which was lost by our first parents, a properly ordered life. There's a lot in that quote. And I like what he talks about how we don't fast as a form of self-flagellation. I don't know how many of you have seen, this is one of my favorite comedies, it's called Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And it's set in the middle, well, sometime in the Middle Ages, allegedly, if you watch the movie all the way through to the end. But there's this one scene where there are a group of monks and they're wearing these hooded robes, you know, and they have on their rope belts and you can't really see, you can only see like their noses down and they're kind of walking and they're chanting something in Latin. And as they sing this song that they're, that they're chanting in Latin, they have a, 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 <laughs> a big piece of wood, right, with them. And as they sing, they're kind of doing, I'm not going to sing it because I have a terrible voice for singing. But they're walking and they're singing. When they come to the end of the song, they smack themselves in the face with the boards, right? And they keep walking, boom, and then they keep walking, boom. It's meant for comedic effect. But there were people in Christian history who thought that you had to mortify your body by doing things like that. And interestingly, this is something that the Roman Catholic Church has actually condemned. You're not supposed to flagellate yourself and hit yourself and stuff like that. That is not good. Fasting is not that. Fasting is not that. Fasting, he says, is a means to reacquire through grace that which was lost by our first parents, a properly ordered life. Right? He ties this all in with God's grace. Right? God's grace is his free gift to us. We are saved by grace through faith, not of works. It is the gift of God. But what happens is that sin disorders us. Sin disorders us. It disorders the human person, and this spreads out in how we live our lives and in who we even are. St. Augustine said in his confessions, The evil in me was foul, but I loved it. I loved my own perdition and my own faults, not the things for which I committed wrong, but for the wrong itself. St. Augustine had this understanding of sin of, uh, as the, the privation of what is truly good, the lacking of what is truly good, which is God. And so what sin does is it turns us inward on ourselves, on our own desires. So we become disordered. And all of humanity, he says, has become disordered. And this is core to what we believe as Christians. And this is why, brothers and sisters, in the Garden of Eden story, this is why God clothes Adam and Eve with animal skins. 
Ever wondered about that? Why does God clothe Adam and Eve with animal skins? God doesn't clothe Adam and Eve in animal skins because he wants to get them close, right? I'm going to kick them out of the garden. It's cold outside of the garden. So I'm going to make them these clothes of animal skins so when they leave the garden, they won't be chilly at night. That's not what animal skins is a reference to. Okay. When we read the Genesis story, them being clothed in animal skins is the way the authors talk about how humanity has been, how Adam and Eve, our first parents, have become clothed in mortality. Okay? Animal skins means that we have now been clothed in mortality. We live, we get old, and we die. That's what that's talking about. Now, if we have this in mind, what we're talking about, where God puts on us those animal skins, we wonder, well, why does God clothe us in mortality? Why does he clothe us in these bodies that slowly will break down and die? And the answer to that is for repentance. For repentance. Angels can't repent, but humanity can repent. Mortality is what makes us able to repent. Because, specifically because, we are mortal. And tonight, brothers and sisters, we remember that we are, uh, that we are mortal. We're going to line up and in a few minutes, I'm going to, to put my thumb in some ashes and I'm going to mark your forehead in the sign of the cross and I'm going to remind you, you are dust and to dust you shall return. But what we have to remember, brothers and sisters, is just as Adam and Eve clothed us in mortality, so our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he clothes us with what? With immortality. As St. Paul says in Galatians, those who have been baptized into Christ have what? He says, have put on Christ. We have this language of, of being clothed with Jesus Christ. Right? Those garments of skin, our mortality is covered over by Christ. And so St. Paul will take this thread through and he'll say things like, <laughs> he'll talk about how mortality will give way to immortality. He talks about that in Corinthians. And so all that to say, brothers and sisters, fasting is one of the ways in which we begin to order our life properly through God's grace. Fasting is when we purposefully deprive ourselves so we can become aligned with being able not to live by bread alone, as Jesus says, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And may our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ give us all good strength as we begin the journey through Lent to his death, his resurrection, and ascension. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast for Zion Stone Church. I'm Reverend Mike Lanthman, and I'd like to extend to you an invitation, if you're ever in our area, to please worship with us Sunday mornings at 1015. If you'd like to get a hold of me or would like some information about the church or just have some questions, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page or via email. Thanks for listening and may God bless you.